Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, I am stoked to have badass bitch Letty with me. Hey, Letty, how are you? I am doing good. Hello, everyone. <laughs> awesome. I was introduced to Letty or Leticia or however you would like to say it. <laughs> Queen like many people say it. <laughs> the Queen Bee, exactly. Uh, Letty, through a friend of mine in Oregon, Jake. Thanks, Jake. And he hooked us up so she could be here. Letty, tell us what Badass Bitch PR is all about. Ooh, okay. That can take you down a rabbit hole. But <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, Alice in Wonderland all the way. Let's go. Oh, Lord, my goodness. Well, uh, in a nutshell, Badass Bitch PR was created because of a rebrand I did back in 2016. Now, um, when I started my company, I was actually named Artistic Communications. Um, I did that because I kind of dove into PR. I mean, there's a whole backstory I can share with you, but you know, the gist of it is I fell into public relations, started helping individuals, fell into artists, into the world of artists, saw they needed help, came up with Artistic Communications. And then um, a few years later, we were coming to Oregon to, to live and I decided it was time for a rebrand. So I found an amazing girl out of Chico, California. Um, hi, Kelly. <laughs> and hi. I worked with her. She put me through the ringer, just trying to really hone in on, um, you know, me getting my personality more out of, into my brand. And then in 2016, we launched a brand new website with all my new branding fonts and branding colors and all this amazing stuff. Kid you not, she asks me point blank. So what do you want to change your name to? I'm like, I'm good. Artistic communications is fine. I go, why do I want to change my name? And she's like, okay. And then a couple of months later, I woke up and the name literally smacked me in the face. It was the first thing that popped into my head in the morning, badass bitch PR. And I ran it by Kelly and she said, it's about effing time. <laughs> right. And I'm like, welcome to your life. Exactly. Exactly. And the reason the name popped into my head, the reason I decided to move forward with it is because again, it just, it resonated with my personality because a lot of what I do is just trying to be that force of nature for my clients to help them generate that visibility. Um, you know, public relations isn't dead. I always have to say that because right now where we're at, when it comes to marketing and promotions, a lot of individuals feel like, well, I have social media. That's my form of PR. It's like, <laughs> honey, no let's sit down and have a chat because let me explain to you how PR and social media really intertwine with each other and tell me what you're going to do if you start to see some negative conversations on social media. I mean, how many times have we seen brands and businesses go down because it takes one social media post and yeah. how are you going to handle that Enter PR? Yes. So. Yes. Enter PR. All right. So what else do people need other than social media when it comes to public relations or who, maybe who is public relations for? <laughs> That's probably okay. a better question. It's a good question because a lot of people have the misconception that PR isn't for them. And in all honesty, I agree, but 
the fundamental knowledge of PR, because you never know when an opportunity is going to come across your way where you're going to have to either know how to handle it on your own, or you're going to have to outsource to somebody like myself who can handle it for you. And I always tell people, think of it both ways. If you have an event coming up, if you have a product launch, if you have a store you just need to sh share because you know, you've done the coupons, you've done the flyers, you've done the social media ads, you've done the digital marketing through Google and this and that and the other thing. And now you're like, I need something different. And so PR is a good way just to share your story. And I hate saying story because that, that's actually being thrown out a lot more lately I've seen. Um, but really, I mean, you're, you're introducing people to yourself again. You know, you're not just trying to sell to them, which essentially is what you're doing with a lot of your marketing campaigns, but you're, you're sharing who you are, what you're doing and giving them a really good reason why they should come and, you know, do business with you. Um, and at the same time, like I said, there's some individuals who maybe it's not the right time, but it's good to have an idea of what PR is. Um, because even if they do a podcast, even if they, let's see, what are some other examples? Um, podcast if someone does something about them maybe a little blurb piece somewhere have a media page put a media page on your website and then you can share all that information on there as well all the links and pdf of the stories yeah yeah okay so owning i hear owning your own digital websites facebook and your instagram account that can be shut down at mm -hmm. any moment exactly is part of that exactly Oh yeah, and, and you raised, I mean, you just raised a really, really good point. Nothing that we're putting out there in social media is 100% guaranteed to stay. I mean, how many right. times have we come across individuals who said, oh my God, I don't know what I did, but Facebook decided or Instagram decided to shut my page down and I can't mm -hmm. get it back because mm -hmm. it, it could have been as simple as maybe a competitor decided to report them. Yeah, I, mean, I hear it thoughts, all the time. Like, yep. Oh my page and now what they shut my business page and my personal page down now what do yep. i do exactly yeah it's that old <laughs> saying don't put all your eggs in one basket <laughs> yeah <Start it> out. <laughs> exactly exactly so tell us a little bit about the story you said there was kind of a back into pr i'm have you always been a business owner and entrepreneur or <laughs> from some other uh, field well okay so my background is actually in journalism, which, you know, journalism and publicity, you know, there's a relationship there. They do essentially go hand in hand. For sure. But yeah. when I was growing up, <laughs> I did the high school newspaper thing. I did the college paper thing. I mean, my goal in life was to be a writer and share people's stories. I never had any any inkling of doing the hardcore news. I wanted to do the fluffy puffy pieces, right? <laughs> so after college, I applied for jobs. One happened to have writer in it. So I applied for it, got the interview, went to said interview. And then the owner of the business um, apologized to me because her admin assistant mislabeled the position. It wasn't a writer. It was a public relations coordinator. So basically I was being interviewed at a PR firm, a boutique ah. PR firm. And she was looking for somebody to be like her right-hand person. So business, she was the, she was the owner of the business. She was the main PR person, but she was looking for like backup. Right. And so she's like, but you know what, you came down here. So we're still going to go ahead and do the interview and we're going to chit chat. And, um, you know, maybe I can help you, you know, I, maybe I know some things, know some connections. So her and I were talking and um, she comes up with this one question. Do you know how to write a press release? 
And of course, I don't know how to write a press release. I know how to write articles. I know how to read a press release. And yeah. that's basically the answer I told her. <laughs> and I added, <laughs> because you publicists send us like a thousand freaking press releases a day to our dang newsroom. <laughs> and it was that moment she realized she wanted me. And she didn't really say anything. But then the next day I got the call that I got the job. Nice. And so, yeah. So she took me under her wing and I learned how to handle public relations on the job. Now you want to talk about on the job training. That was some on the job training. That sounds like um, a crash course with that business owner being her right hand person. Like I can't yeah. imagine how much you learned by being right. Oh, oh, it, you know, I, I knew there were magazines for almost anything, but I did not know that there were magazines for vending machines. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. There's a niche for everyone. Yeah. And you know, it was the perfect, perfect opportunity because um, her and I both realized that I had a natural knack for it. And then I got to see firsthand what it's like to work with a firm that had a variety of clients. So she had a very, very small, you know, small town ballet company that she did some work for. And then of course she had her bread and butter client that she'd been with for 15 plus years that took, you know, went national. So it gave me a good idea of the range of, you know, how far PR can go. So when I felt it was time, I was ready to kind of venture off on my own and, uh, oh yeah, I've been doing it on my own since 2008. Wow. Wow. Okay. So what type of clients do you serve for the most part? Um, so because I work for her, it kind of, you know, set the, set in motion, my idea of the type of clients I wanted to work with. So I really try to work with anybody, you know, small business owners, all the way up to large companies, nonprofit organizations, individuals. So someone who's maybe an artist or a couple of years ago, I did help to self-published authors. Um, they were within, you know, small town community. And so I was able to help them, you know, do some book signings and get a little press, put some book stuff. Um, I forgot what they're called, but little book press kits together. And so that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, in a, the recent, recently, sorry, I'm getting tongue tied here. Um, I've been helping some nonprofits up here in Oregon locally, because I live out, um, you know, about 30 minutes outside of uh, Portland. And then I've been helping, helping Curvy Chic Closet, which is the biggest plus size consignment slash fashion show on the West Coast. And we nice. do have to be that specific because she's the only one that combines the two. There are ones that do it separately, but she combines hers. And then I've also been helping again locally um, a cycling event here in my own community. Um, they once one day out of the year, People can come out to our neck of the woods and ride the back roads. There's like a metric and a century route. And that's been a lot of fun. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're helping them get out the word, obviously, by releasing press releases mm -hmm. and art of artfully writing those. I'm guessing your art Correct. degree didn't go to total waste. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <You're writing> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Website content, all the social media, you know, content, the marketing, creation of flyers. Thank you, Canva. Um, you know, anything having to deal with getting the word out about what they're doing. So, yeah. Nice. All it's right. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine. So what have some of your biggest struggles been when you left the wing of your kind of mentor and came along on your own? What, what did you not expect to be such a headache? Oh God. 
first off, um, 2019 was, was killer. Um, not 2019, I'm sorry, 20, 2009, 2009, 2009. Um, so for those of you who remember, that was like one of the big housing bubbles that burst mm-hmm. and I had just started my business and, um, we ended up having to move from California to Idaho. And that was the biggest culture shock I ever experienced. Yeah. I cannot imagine. (laughs) Yeah. What worked in California was I was hoping would work in Idaho. Um, It did not. And Idaho, I'm going to be honest, was not a good experience for us. So that was my first, like, okay, how am I going to juggle this? How am I going to make this work? I made a lot of mistakes, such as trying to accommodate for everybody. So when they said you're too expensive, Mm -hmm. lower your prices, I did it. Did they do business with me? No. Um, you need to be less aggressive. So I was less aggressive. I was real nice. Did that work for me? No. So it just, it it was hard. So I learned a lot from that. Um, Mm -hmm. and then of course having to restart, rebuild, that was a headache. Um, I ended up having to put the business on the back burner for a couple of years. Um, I maybe had one or two clients, but they were small clients. Um, so you know, moving to Oregon when that opportunity came up. Oh, thank God. So we got out, um, but I had to start fresh again. Um, but this time it was a little different because Oregon was a little more welcoming and I had people grabbing me by the hand and taking me to events and introducing me to people. And so that was amazing. And then 2020 happened and we're not going to talk about 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like that we don't talk about Bruno. We also don't talk about 2020. Yeah. We're not going to talk about 2020. Um, (laughs) Exactly. So that, and just trying to learn how to deal with um, my hypothyroidism got, you know, kicked into higher gears. So learning how to be a business owner and dealing with that, because if anybody knows about hypo or hyperthyroidism, it is such a crappy disease to have and not friendly, but um, I found the ways to manage it, work through it, and just continue to try to push um, as much as I can. You know, now that things are starting to shift um, with what's happening with COVID, um, it's been a lot, making it a lot easier for me to get back into doing everything that I was what I was doing pre-COVID. I had a weekly Friday live that I was doing. I had a couple of different networking groups that I was hosting. And of course, all of that had to stop for a while, but now everything is picking back up again. So, yeah, that that's great. And I do understand what it's like to live with thyroid issues. I myself am an autoimmune disease sufferer and yeah, like it, it's, it's not something that can be easily explained yeah. to someone else really, when you have this invisible disease that you look fine, but you feel terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I feel like I totally see I- you. Yeah. And I feel like a broken record when I tell people, but I'm like, you know what, take me or leave me, but I'm dealing with this and (laughs) that's it. And I'm a badass bitch. And now that I own that and know that I just, I love what you say about the ideal client. I have myself learned that lesson and having come from nursing where I didn't get to choose my client. (laughs) Now that I do (laughs) luckily get to choose the clients that I work with, nothing says headache, like someone who wants you to lower their, your price or wants you to make special accommodations or yeah. And so your client is, is absolutely uh, what would you say are the kind of shared values that are like n- no go no go 
are looking at working with a client? What are those values that are super important for you to share with, with the people you're working with? First off, they're not a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) You would think that could go without saying, but you know, not always. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no. First off, not a jerk. Um, I'm a pretty open-minded person and I'm, you know, I, I don't judge people, um, with what their opinions are. So for me, I just take a look at, is it what I feel comfortable working with? And I did have a potential client reach out to me. Um, and it was going to be an amazing opportunity, but there was something with their partner that I just, just did not feel comfortable doing business with them. And so I did offer to look for somebody who had a little better experience and who might want to take it on. And unfortunately I couldn't. So I had to respectfully tell them, I'm sorry, but I couldn't find anybody else for you. And I just, I can't do this. So I wish you the mm-hmm. best of luck, but yeah, I can't, I'm not going to be the one for you guys. So yeah, yeah. I, I really, really try to make sure that, I mean, people's values don't always have to align with my values, but I do try to make sure that I feel comfortable working with them. Like, is this something that I'm not going to regret doing later? Yeah. Coaches, uh, Nikki Roush from sales maven says types of people just bless and release them. You do not have to yes, take them on exactly. as your client. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> giving, giving people permission though. It's so hard when we're first starting, like you need that client, right? You really need those clients when you're first starting out. But the sooner I think these women listen up, women, business owners are listening to this. If you're new in business, you don't have to take every single client. I know that, but it will bite you in the end. Will it not? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it definitely will. So what are some of the, um, the things that you've been super successful at that, that you could give some tips on, um, you know, growing and scaling your own business on your own and through all the challenges that you have had and moves and everything with health. Um, what are some of the wins? Ooh, that I can honestly say that I have been in business this long, that I've been in business since 2008. Am I a millionaire? Not yet. But, you know, I take a look back at the road and you said it exactly. I've had two nationwide moves, not one, but two and, you know, health issues. Oh, and then we had a kid in between there too. So (laughs) (laughs) by the way, (laughs) but you know, I, I think the persistence, the being gentle with yourself, the, you know, back, I'm going to say this, oh my God back in the day, you know, we weren't allowed to share our emotions. We weren't allowed to be vulnerable because it was seen as a sign of weakness. And I think we are at the point now where we can honestly say, just like I shared here, Hey, you know what, guess what? I have an autoimmune disease and I might not wake up, you know, wanting to do shit in the morning, but (laughs) I allow myself to just take the morning and maybe 11, 12 o'clock is when I'm going to be able to pick up and start work. But what does that mean for me? I'm going to have to work later on in the evening and that's okay. And that's one of the luxuries. I am using the word luxury um, of being a business owner because we do get to set our own rules. We do get to set our own boundaries. And through all of this, 
I mean, th th those are the things that I've learned. I have grown so much and have been more gentle to myself since I become a business owner. It has taught me so much. Yeah, for sure. I can, you mentioned the word boundaries, which is oh. so huge. I hear people talking about this all the time, but do they really know what it means? Give us some tips on setting <laughs> those boundaries. Uh, okay. So it is, well, okay it's a vague boundaries is, is a vague word because you have boundaries exactly. with your family and then you have boundaries with clients and you have to have boundaries with like friends. And so with my family, the boundaries are, Hey honey, we're working together, but I need the TV off because my husband likes to watch TV and it distracts me. And so now yeah. he's getting used to the fact that he has to play music in the background and not be able to watch Knight Rider. <laughs> um, <laughs> And that sometimes he is going to have to leave the room if I have to do conference calls or anything like that. Um, and then my daughter, you know, she's eight, she's going to be eight years old now. Um, yeah. But she's learning. She's learning that you can't just bust in to mommy's room because I could be on the call. You can't yeah. just come behind me. Like, you know, she would be right here sometimes um, saying yeah. hi to everybody. Um, it's like, sometimes maybe you can do that. Um, so she's learning that, okay, this is mommy's time to work and she's respecting that she's understanding that, which yeah. is great. I think because it teaches her respect and being accommodating to others, you know, helping mm -hmm. out. Um, she always makes sure mommy has her water, you know, little things like that. She loves being my assistant. So I, I, I kind of feel like she's learning how to help and be helpful and to give and just all doing all these amazing things. And Aww. With clients, it's letting them know you may message me at nine o'clock at night, but I'm not going to answer. Yes. <laughs> or I'm not available on the weekend because I'm with my family. That is my family time. Yeah. Um, and just letting clients know that after five o'clock, I, I technically stop working, meaning yeah. I'm not accessible unless it's an emergency. Mm -hmm. because I need my downtime. I need my one hour to just drink a glass of wine, binge a little Netflix and just relax on my couch. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then with friends, it's a little easier with friends because most of my friends are all business owners as well. So we yeah. have that shared mentality <laughs> of we'll have our girls night. We'll do a brunch. We'll hang out. Um, a lot of my friends, we all network with each other. So I built those kinds of relationships. So we'll see each other at our networking events. Yeah. And then we're constantly messaging each other on Facebook. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Especially with, I love to hear you say a lot of your friends are business owners. I'm, I'm seeing that more and more of mine are becoming business owners as mm -hmm. my business grows and I have more time in the business ownership world. Uh, but those friends that don't own businesses, they just don't, it's just, it's a different, uh, life. It's a different yeah. life that they don't, they can't really quite, uh, comprehend, which is due to no fault of their own. But sometimes I've seen, <laughs> you know, those, um, relationships shift with friends and yeah. family as your business oh, yeah. grows and moves and as you grow and move. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, are you involved with any type of charity or nonprofit work or have you been before? Um, curvy chic was the main one for a while. Um, when I moved up here, I got involved with safe of Columbia County. I did a little bit of pro bono work for them. That was, um, 
that was a, a nice one to work with. But yeah, for the last couple of years, um, Kirby Sheet Closet has been one. Um, I've always said that when I hit my financial goals and where I'm able to contribute, um, my stepson has pulmonary hypertension. And mm. so we were going to, and this we, we dealt with a lot of this in California. So we were always going to Stanford, uh, I think it's called Lucille Packard Children's Hospital in Stanford. Mm -hmm. And so, oh my God, I felt so sorry for the kid. Um, mm. But we would have to go for like a week's worth of tests. So my husband would have to take a week off of work. I was already starting my business, so I didn't have to worry about anything like that. Um, but we would have to go to the Bay Area and they would have to find accommodations for us because who can afford a week's worst day, right? Yeah. I mean, it, for a hot, and then, yeah. So we would have um, Ronald McDonald House help us out or we yes. would have the hospital foundation. You know, they had their, um, I believe they were called, count, or I can't remember what they're called, but they have um, staff available who help you with all this. So, you know, we had um, the most amazing people helping us when, when we did all that with my stepson. So I always said that I was going to give back to them. So that's one of my goals is to give yes. back to, you know, I the Ronald that. McDonald houses and to Lucille Packard. Yeah. Ronald McDonald house is huge. I, when my son that's 14 now was an infant, he was mm -hmm. in, a, in a, a children's hospital here in Oklahoma city area and was there over like Christmas and new year's time. And oh. it was awful. And they, the Ronald McDonald house gave me a place to stay there in the hospital mm -hmm. place to go do my laundry and take a shower and cook yeah. a meal. And the, like, they're also very, um, very well aware of their mission. And it is such a need. Like when you are that parent that, like you said, you're taking oh, off work already, gosh. you're paying yep. all those crap. It's so expensive. You have no safe place to land. And here comes the Ronald McDonald house with this lovely yep. gift for you. And you're just like, Oh, it's such a blessing. And like, but that people don't think about, unless you've had a sick kid, you don't think about these things. No. Uh -uh. Now curvy chic, tell me a little bit more about them. I'm like, <laughs> so like as a woman who has been about 300 pounds in my past, I had a lot of trouble finding what, well, <laughs> there wasn't no plus size clothes that we had Lane Bryant when I was yeah. needing that, that size. And it was not, yeah, it was not good. What, what is curvy chic? I've not heard of this. So Curvy Chic started off as a consignment sale. Um, Becky okay. Jarvis here in Oregon, she had the same issues you did. She could not find quality clothing, nor could she find anything that went past, I think at that time, like a size 28. Okay. Mm. And so as much as she went shopping to like the Lane Bryant's and everything that was available at the time, um, she got frustrated with the cost, with the lack of what was out there. And so she decided... I'm going to start curvy chic closet. So it's, it's one big consignment sale and it's nice. grown and she uses because she's not a, a permanent retail brick and mortar space. Um, she's always looking for venues that, I mean, we're talking like grocery store size and she'll take wow. up half the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Or vacant buildings, maybe certain warehouses, and she can take half the warehouse and just all of it. I mean, oh my God, the amount of clothes um, that she has in there because consigners will come and they'll have like three, four, five IKEA bags worth of clothes that wow. they want to sell. Yeah. And so okay. it's a three day event. Um, there is early shopping. 
So, you know, volunteers and whoever else is involved, they can do some early shopping, which is fun. Nice. Um, but then, yeah, the doors open and you've got three days of shopping. So you have anything from casual wear, business dresses, wedding dresses. Sometimes I found my costume there a couple of years ago, cool. um, accessories. Um, so shoes, dressy shoes, workout shoes, belts, the handbags. Oh my God. I scored a coach briefcase. Ah, nice. Authentic coach briefcase. Um, apparently the story with that, I think Becky said is a friend of hers went to a, was an an estate sale and they had all these coach bags and they got them all and they brought it to her so she could sell them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a need they're serving too. That's so awesome. And to mm-hmm. be a nonprofit and helping people, that's awesome. Yep. I know there's, there's and, not a lot of options when no. you don't have a lot of options on your size. Yep. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> sucks. Oh, and then the other thing she tries to do is she really tries to help uh, local fashion designers. So she'll uh, put the call out to different designers, specifically for plus size individuals. And they put on a fashion show um, over the weekend. So she'll start her sales on like Thursday and then Friday and then Saturday night is the big fashion show. And then the love, the most fun is on Sundays, she'll do like a half price sale. So if, you know, you spend a little money, but then you're like, I want some more. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to bring all your girlfriends this time and your sister exactly. and everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of times that you uh, host a couple of networking meetings and you do a lot mm-hmm. of net local networking. Um, tell us the importance if, if, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're new in business and they're not networking and the importance and what it's meant for you. And then I want you to follow it up with your story. <laughs> you told me before we started recording, because we are when networking with a diverse group of people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Networking is your number one tool. If you are not networking, you are doing a massive disservice to yourself. And Mm -hmm. I know for a lot of introverts, that is like the hardest thing that they can do. But the best advice that I can tell you is find yourself an extrovert, partner up with them. Yeah. (laughs) Because I mean, the amount of connections you can make and when you go and network, two things. Don't be a business card ninja. Don't throw your business card at everybody. Okay. It's quality versus quantity. Be of value and introduce yourself because even though you didn't get to meet, you know, five out of the six people who attended, um, if you make that one important connection, you're set and and you just continue to build from that and do one-on-ones from those networking events. Um, I'm a huge, 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 huge advocate of one-on-ones because you get to meet that person in a different setting. Um, And again, because you may have missed him at the actual event, um, if you were able to get their information, then, you know, you can do a real nice coffee chat, lunch chat, and just get to know them and see how you guys can help each other. Um, Yes. The story. The story. You guys are not going to believe this shit. I'm not even kidding you. Oh, unreal. Unreal. Okay. So listen, when we're, when we're networking, it's typically a fairly diverse set of people in a mm-hmm. room. Okay. So obviously my name, um, Leticia Marisela Juarez. Say- Listen. Again, say it again. I like this. Okay. One more time. 
Leticia Marisela Juarez Sisson. And I said, to, I did, you know, the whole attitude and everything. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so when I pronounce it in that way, there's a lot of assumptions that I am bilingual. And at one point, I was able to speak both Spanish, not very well, <laughs> and English, <laughs> but I grew up in a predominantly English-speaking household. My father was bilingual. He yeah. tried to teach me, but he and I butted heads a lot, so, <laughs> so I do speak a little bit, um, but okay, so I did this one event. I was the speaker talking about marketing yourself, promoting yourself, and this uh, older woman comes in and you know she's very excited she's like oh my god i am so happy to see you and you know it boosted my ego i was like oh i love this like keep talking keep talking <laughs> and um all of a sudden it it god this is so funny all of a sudden it turned into this conversation about how she was excited because she was getting to see a mexican speak and that was the first time in my entire life this had happened to me and I didn't know what to say. So I just kind of, oh, okay, great. Thank you for coming. And um, later she invited me to do a one-on-one. And again, I don't mind doing one-on-ones and I wasn't going to put her off because she made that, that comment. Um, so I met with her and we were chit-chatting and she was talking to me about all of her products and she was doing an MLM at the time. Like, um, I can't even remember what it was, but not a huge fan of the healthcare ones. Um, I, cause I do have a lot of questions. And so those reps tend to not like me because I ask so many questions. <laughs> and so I decided, you know, she's starting, she's starting to get a little pushy and I'm not comfortable and I'm, I'm not going to buy her product anyways. And so she, um, in the middle of her pitch, I said to her, you know what, as amazing as this sounds, and I'm so glad you found this opportunity, which was, you know, beneficial and great for you. I'm not your <laughs> ideal client. And I, I'm, you know, this isn't something that I'm, I'm interested in. Yeah. And it set her off and she goes, but don't you want to help all your family in Mexico? And I'm like, okay, all right. That, that, that was enough. That was enough for me. And I told her, first of all, I'm not from Mexico. I'm from California. I said, and right. second of all, it's like, I don't have family in Mexico. Like my family is either from California or Texas. Like the only thing I know of my family is that my grandparents lived in Mexico, but they moved to Texas. Yeah. So I don't know anybody in Mexico. And I, and I think the reason she was so happy to meet with me is because she wanted to expand her company. And so she thought by meeting with me, I was, she was going to get into the Mexico market. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. Oh my and gosh. So I, I immediately ended that conversation and, um, never, never spoke to her again. And yeah, that was, that was interesting. Yikes. What a story. Mm -hmm. So you make assumptions, first of all, that anybody's yeah. We are officially like the biggest melting pot in the world at this point. Like we are the rainbow. <laughs> so exactly. Don't make some yeah. assumptions. This woman, this poor old lady, closest brown person she can find and bust into some other market. Like what the <laughs> hell lady? <laughs> oh yep. Gosh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unreal. You had to deal with that, but it sounds like you navigated it quite, uh, quite well. <laughs> So there's some Lesson tips learned. for you about networking. <laughs> Lesson learned.
Yep. And, and networking though, but really networking is super important. I know I have been introduced to countless help bring me forward, not only in business, but personally, just, it's not always about an angle of how you can grow your business. Sometimes these exactly. people can give you amazing resources and connect you to nonprofits. You didn't know about Yep, city where you live that you may not know about. So awesome. Great advice. Well, Letty, I thank you so much for being my guest. We're just about out of time, but let our listeners know where we can find you in order to do business with you. If we are in need of PR business or ourselves personal in contact. Oh, good gracious. I'm everywhere. I mean, I wouldn't be a badass bitch if I wasn't. Google <laughs> badass bitch PR. You're exactly, gonna exactly, exactly. I mean, you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I don't touch Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and yes, I do have a TikTok account, but that's more for educational purposes and for binge watching when I'm bored. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I nice. do have a website, so you can check that out. Um, feel free to hit me up on messages. Um, don't be a weirdo stalker, but <laughs> you know, drop a don't speak to her out. in Spanish. Like, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Speak to me in Spanish. I have Google translate. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> we'll do business in any language. So let me strike that. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. <laughs> for joining us. Thank you for being a badass bitch. My favorite kind of person. And thank you oh, for being for a queen. Me. Thanks for being a queen. Elise.